And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. My name is Wes Tankersley, and I am your host. Today, we have an awesome episode with you, for you, with another musician. Um, his name is Pistol Black. We've had Jake Rose and a couple other musicians on, and it's really exciting to talk to these people, because if you know me, you know I love music. So Pistol Black is someone that I met on TikTok through a friend of mine, Ashley, Ashley Kaywood. And um, I listened to some of his music, and man, it's just really cool stuff. So we're going to dive into him and talk about why he does what he does, where he, how he got there, and those types of things. So here we go. Pistol, thanks for hanging out, man. What's up? What's I like happening? your intro. That was dope. Yeah, thanks. That's my friend Jay Finning does the voice for that. And then I had another friend who made that for me. It's kind of, my logo is kind of like a mix of Superman and my signature because I... I'm a big Superman fan. And it kind of looks like home plate too. So, cause I'm a baseball coach. So it's kind of like a mix. If people know who I am, they know what it is. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I played baseball in high school. Oh, did you? I think that's one of the more intelligent sports, you know, uh, just got to have a good IQ about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I love about it is how much it teaches you because like it teaches you to fail, right? Uh, that's the oh, big yeah, thing definitely. about it is you have to learn to fail. And if you can, fail and then get back in that box again the next time yes sir it's a lesson Mm -hmm. i also like the fact that you said it's intelligent because i had a i had a family member at one time told me it's there's no strategy and i just wanted to punch him in the face i'm like are you kidding me you know nothing about baseball buddy (laughs) i was gonna say did you ever play the game no i don't think so So you got you got a pretty cool song out right now that I really enjoyed. Um, but tell us a little bit how you got into music, who you are, where you're from, that type of thing. Uh, well, my real name's Chase Waters. I'm from Morton, Mississippi. Uh, how I got into music, I kind of think it was just I don't know. It was just uh, my calling, more or less. I feel like I know my parents raised me. You know when we're coming up. We could put a, a a tape in the VCR and record what was ever on TV, you know. And uh, right. my parents, we didn't have like cable or satellite or none of that. We can only pick up one channel from the regular antenna we had where I lived. Maybe two, actually, now I think about it. Anyway, so I got to watch a lot of Seinfeld growing up. <laughs> but they would take these tapes to their buddies' houses and they would record MTV for hours. You okay, know? yeah. And then they'd come home and put it on. And that's what I'd, I'd just wake up in the morning. I'd put my little MTV tape in and I'd sit there and watch music videos all day, just enthralled. And I remember one of the first ones was like uh, Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Uh-huh. That was my favorite music video and just the song and everything. It was just so, it was <clears throat> a lot of information at one time. And it was just, I guess for my little ADD mind, it was just, it was everything I needed, you know, and. From there, I developed, you know, good rhythm and all that. It was just inevitable that I'd eventually get it. I was always fascinated by it anyway. And I guess I got a little older. I had a buddy. He had a guitar, I swear. It was slightly bigger than a ukulele, you uh-huh. know, but it was an actual acoustic guitar. It's just built small. And he let me borrow it and showed me how to play. Uh, it was like uh, "Come as You Are" by Nirvana. Uh-huh. That was it. That was it. It's over with. Shortly after that, I wound up getting a drum set, and uh, 
I told my dad, he, he asked me what I want for Christmas. I was like, a drum set. He's like, try again. I was like, PlayStation 2. <laughs> he was like, okay. I got the PlayStation 2. I sold it. Went and put money down on a drum set. And then uh, <clears throat> as I was paying this drum set off, I was still progressing on guitar. And I then started jamming with a couple of buddies from school. And uh, one of my buddies, Andy McBride, went on and was like, I told him about this drum set that I had, you know, that I was paying off. And he was like, what? You got a drum set? You? It's like, what do you owe on it? And I was like, I don't know, X amount of money or whatever. He was like, come on, we're going to get that thing. And we went and got my drum set out and I started, you know, started a band. That's freaking awesome. And, uh, <laughs> from there, you know, I went through many different, you know, things. I've played drums for people, guitar, bass or whatever, but, uh, the two main things that wound up coming from that is I got a rock band, still an active rock band called Candy Bone now, and we're about to drop our first single and music video from our first full-length record. And then uh, part of dealing with Candy Bone, I've went through, I've been doing Candy Bone since like 2011, officially, that's like when we came up with the name and everything and formed as a, as a band, and just... Dealing with other people and around here, like a lot of people are in, like this guy can play guitar. He's in like five bands or, yeah. you know, three, even whatever. And it's just hard to book around everybody and everything. So I still needed something that I could, uh, I didn't have to count on anybody else to do, you know? Right. Uh, so Pistol Black was my outlet there. It was like a, and it was just a full, like solo thing where I could do whatever I wanted, uh, write how I wanted, whatever. No outside interference, interruption, none of that. I just just doing my thing, you know. That's how it came about. So it's it's an independent thing, right? Because I think that's a lot of people don't notice anymore that there are a lot of artists that are going independent because these big record deals are not really conducive to their situation. Like they want so much from them. So with, go ahead. Oh no, I, I agree. I was just, I agree. So I know there used to be, it kind of trips me out. Now you used to could be a somewhat decent band and get a developmental deal from a record label around a hundred K or more, even depending on what they thought you were capable of, you know, growing into or whatever. And I don't know if that's another thing that kind of messed the whole market up is just giving all these people opportunal chances like that on a whim that they may grow into something that could be a, a commercial success. Or if it's, I don't, I, I don't know, man, there's, it's just the current state of the industry now, whatever. But yeah, the, the big, the big deals ain't coming. And, and the ones that are, you know, usually aren't tailored to uh, there's just not not a lot of big rock stars like there used to be. You know right. what I mean? There are, but there aren't. You know what I mean? Like it used to. I don't know. You look at like the big ones though. Like I mean, you look like when people don't look. When you look at independent people, they usually have like they're producing their own stuff. They're doing all the singing. They're doing everything. Like um, uh, Mick Blankenship, one of the guys that I that I talked to on TikTok talks about how like he plays every single instrument, records every single thing and is just promoting himself completely. Yeah. How do you, how do you do that? What's your process with that? Is it kind of the same thing for you or do you have people come in and play the instruments for you? 
Um, are it you dance? Uh, like I got one song now. I'm doing all the instruments on. I'll play drums, bass, guitar, sing it, all that background vocals even. <clears throat> but then I got other stuff that I'll, I'll, I'll write and I'll know like, oh, my buddy Levi or my buddy Brian or my buddy Robbie can do that. You know, I even got uh, so Robbie is the guy I got on rhythm guitar right now. Robbie Phillips and uh, he's on TikTok. You'll see him in some videos with me on my Pistol Black page, but he had brought a lick to me not too long ago, just one he had, and he was like, he'll write a song to this since you're so badass, brother, blah, blah. You know, he's just talking shit. That's how we are down here. We'll be right. talking shit and everything, but it wasn't 10 minutes later, you know, I done wrote a song, to, you know, lyrics and melody, and he was just like, I hate you, motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> it comes easy to some people, right? It, it does. Uh, so the brain is a muscle just like any other, and the more you use it, the more, you know, it's it's just like muscle memory. So now, man, it's like lyrics. It's almost like plugging into the matrix. Like lyrics just pop in there. And whole verses, or even sometimes whole songs, like... Some of my best songs didn't take me five minutes to write. And then I still got songs now I've been writing for 20 years. If yeah. that makes sense. I've just been, you know, I have to put it down, come back to it, scratch it out a little more, fill in a little more, come back to it. And we're going on 20 years and it's unfinished. So, <laughs> Well, it's just Sweet. like you said, you know, the, the brain's a muscle. And I think that the more you do things, um, I, I'm a reader and, you know, like Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours, which, you know, it's give or take. And that's to become proficient at something, right? So if you spend all this time doing that, you just get better at it. Is that the, yeah, that's why I was thinking, yeah, when you said that 10,000 hour thing, basically, uh Explain that a little more, because my understanding is if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you'll practically master it. Is that the... Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it, what it states. Um, you know, he starts out by talking about, like, hockey players in Canada and how if you're born in a certain month, you're going to be a professional hockey player. It's because they get to that 10,000 hour, and I think it's like January... But the kid yeah. starts out playing hockey a lot sooner in January because if he's born in January, then he's got all that time to get back around to the next year. And they hit 10,000 hours before the the person who was born, you know, six months later. And so they continue yeah. to do that. And like the Beatles were one of those bands too that they hit that 10,000 hour mark by playing these 24-hour strip clubs music so that they could just get, you know, not so that they could get it in, but so they just were willing to do whatever they could to take. And, and there's, right. yeah. Bill Gates, same way. Steve Jobs, the same way. That's how they all got really good at what they were doing by just doing it for more than anyone else did. I dig that, man. Yeah. Uh, that's like me, man. I, I do it as often as I can. I live and breathe it a lot of days, you know, but it's not the thing is now, too, for independent artists like myself, it's not just music anymore. You got to learn graphic design. Uh, marketing, management, all this stuff. Like, uh, you got to become a one-man label, pretty right. much. Yeah, and, well, that's the thing that they do for you. Like, if you have, right, it's part of, if if you have a deal, they do that for you. Yeah. But it doesn't come free, right? And no, it doesn't. You, you got to pay for that service. And that's what a lot of people don't realize, man. It's like signing into, it's like buying a house. If you ain't got the money up front, you're financing it practically. You know what I'm saying? So, that's all you're doing with a deal is financing your success, so to speak, right. which is 
Great, because that label's going to get you further than you'll ever go by yourself. Regardless, of, I don't care if you're Macklemore, you know. Yeah. Macklemore's tight, you know. Macklemore got huge on his own. Independent artist. Imagine his reach if he had a major label behind him kind of thing. You know right. what I'm saying? So... Yeah, the tough thing about that too, though, is doesn't a lot of times when you get that label, like now you've started to lose creative control because they don't want you to be singing, you know, the music that you believe in and that you love and that you write. They want to get you like a pop hit or something, you know, they want to get you so that you get more listens, downloads now. It used to be selling CDs and albums and stuff, but now it's more about getting them to listen to it, right? I I think so, and I think I think it's more so probably in the 90 percentile, you know, there's still people that are, there's still labels even that are going to trust the artist, trust the process, kind of let them go. Now, if it, if it gets to a point where it's just not clicking or vibe and they'll either let you go or they'll, then they'll redirect you, you yeah. know? And then, then it's in the artist's hands, you know, uh, I hadn't got that far yet. So you'll get there. <laughs> I, I, I do. I hope I'm as, successful independently you know like i want to ride the independent train yeah as long as possible and if if that's forever even i don't think i'll mind that as long as i'm doing what i want to be doing you know what i mean yeah like, well uh, you look at like you think about it just like you were saying like you get big enough they're gonna let you do it i mean no one's gonna tell dave Grohl of the foo fighters how to write his music or what he's gonna do like he's making the album and this is it here we go you know right but you get someone but, like you know, and even Macklemore could do that now, even if he's still independent, right? He could he could probably go get a deal and then Oh, he could get a deal and probably not even wind up in debt as as much as other artists, you know? Yeah. He can probably ain't no telling, man. I mean, I don't know the whole I don't know his whole situation, but I'm sure he's I'm sure he's sitting fine, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm sure he could a, a deal might be more beneficial to him now than it would have been, you know, say 15 or 20 years ago. Right. Well, and the so. thing about being independent too, is that the money goes into your pocket, right? Like if you're starting, it's it, you're an entrepreneur in, in reality of the whole situation, you have to create exactly. your own business and you have to make your money and you have to be responsible for everything you put out. Whereas like you, if you had a deal, you may make like, you know, pennies on the dollar, right? For every dollar they make, you're making very little, and hopefully it's a huge, giant thing because you and need that to, to make your money. To go to pay back your debt to them, yep. you know. So, and you might not. I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you, Thirty Seconds to Mars put out a really good uh, docu film on it called Artifact. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, but I will now. <laughs> Check it out, Thirty Seconds to Mars Artifact, and it was basically a. Uh, a film detailing their struggle with the label they were, and they were with a, a good label from what I can, I can't remember right now who it was, but it was a big label, you know, and you, know, you look at 30 seconds to Mars. They're, they're a big man, huge, great guys. Yeah. Well, it takes, it's one of those things. Like I, I have a friend, um, he, he's a lead singer in new medicine and new medicine broke up, you know, a few years back or not broke up, but we love on. new medicine. Yeah. They're we awesome. And I've had Jake on the show, who is That's the lead awesome. lead singer, but he, like, they they kept telling him, you've got to write this music, you've got to write this song, you've got to, this is how you got to put it down. And it ultimately led to them saying, no, we're done, because we can't, 
I want to put out music that I believe in. And he writes, he's a writer. So he writes all those yeah. songs with people or, or by himself. And, you know, he started a country career that way. And now he has his own. Yeah. I don't know if you've never, if you haven't heard Jake Rose music, that's, that's Jake. That is the okay. lead singer of new medicine. So you need to check it out. It's, it's pretty damn I will. good. I will. I've been jamming oh. right now. Uh, take me away. Yep. That new single they got, dude, I love it so much. That song is so real. And that's the thing he's, he wrote that is about like, he's talked about how that's about him, like about what yeah. he's going through and the struggles that he's gone through because mental health's a big thing, man. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You got to be on top of your mental game, you know, and, and, and this is one of those fields that can that can test you mentally, you know, it can, it can pull a lot out of you. A lot of people, a lot of flies fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people don't, they give up, they give in, they can't, you know, it's just like throw in the towel. Yeah. Me, I, like I said, I've been doing this. I won't ever quit, you know, no matter how much adversity I face, Cause it's more than it's therapy. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll tell you that. Yep. It's it's more than just music to me. It's it's life. It's 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 oxygen. Yeah, and I you think know? that that's the big thing is like when you and that's what I love about people who write their own music because a lot of the times it's about what's going on in their life and they are telling that story as they go through it. Yeah. Um. So talk a little bit about one of the things I want to talk a little bit about is like as as an artist, how do you deal with people? you know, oh, that song sucks or you're, you know, you should quit. You should do this. You should do that. Do you get a lot of hate? Do you get, or is it mostly, you know, good, good vibes that people swing your way? I can, I can honestly say that I've never got a lot of hate for anything I've done musically. Uh, and I'm blessed in that regard, I guess, you know, I usually get a lot of positive feedback. Uh, I've gotten hate for like, if we did videos, say we went online and did like a cover song or something, uh -huh. like I know I did Sublime one time, and I was like, I said, "Loving is what I got," uh -huh. and I think that's the lyrics. Sounds like I it. could be wrong. Yeah, it's loving is what I got, but I had somebody come on there. I had like two people come on there talking about it's love is what I got, and I was like. Oh, okay. Well, you know, my bad, you know, and I'll go back and listen to the lyrics and I'm all like, and then I look them up online. And I'm like, huh? maybe, I don't know, you know, but I've gotten hate in that regard. And then, you know, so, and I'm a funny guy too. So sometimes if somebody's talking shit, I'll engage them with more shit talking, but not to be a dick just because it's fun to me. Like, I feel like, well, Hey, you've already set the bar. So let's run, let's run with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things. It's like, you have to, you have to kind of feel your audience out and kind of know, but. Right. Right. But I've also, I've, I've went toe to toe with people like that and sometimes turned them, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And like, they've been like, I like you motherfucker. Yeah. You're cool. You know? And, uh, then I got a fan from that. Right. It doesn't always happen, but it's happened several times, you know? So, but like I said, I don't, it's not like one of those things where I get a lot of hate for my actual songs. It'll just be more so like when you're trying to cover somebody else's stuff, then people are like, don't bite. Don't be biting. 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm not familiar with this term, how you're using it. But uh, I guess that's like, don't bite other people's stuff. Don't be, you know, that ain't you. Don't try to pull it off because you can't kind of thing. I get, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Some of the some of my favorite songs are covers. I mean, there's people who go and they take and they turn a cover into their own music. I mean, Johnny Cash was great. <coughs> Metallica, turn the page. Yep. I mean, like like Johnny with uh, Hurt, you know, Nine Inch Nails Hurt. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Yes, yes. I Honestly, and I, was, I call myself a Nine Inch Nails fan. I don't know. I just dig what I've always heard from them. And that was one song, regardless of growing up in the 90s, that I'd never heard until Johnny did it. So I fell in love with Johnny's version and then I heard it was a cover and went and heard the other one. I love it too, but I was just like, but Johnny, but Johnny. Yeah, you know, I, Johnny I heard was it. living with like Rick Rubin and I think maybe Lenny Kravitz or whatever at the time. Uh-huh. Like they were all living in Rick Rubin's house, just making music and shit. Doesn't surprise me. Rick I Rubin's wrong on Lenny. I think it was Lenny Kravitz though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. And there's, you know, I, you want some, you should check out sometime. Um, I don't know if you're a Weezer fan, but Weezer did this whole like cover album. Did you ever, have you heard him do Scrubs by TLC? I hadn't heard that. I heard it's him do way the better. Aha song. Yeah. <laughs> it's no way doubt. better. I, I love Weezer too. So do man. I. That's always good feel, good music, like uh, put a smile on your face kind of thing. And, God, need need that, you know. Yep. Like well, morning coffee. Yep. Well, let's talk about the song you got out now. Um, yes, sir. And that is, I'm, I'm trying to, I get, I get it mixed up. It's, um, it's still home, or it, there's two parts of Here's, it, right? I did one of those. Uh, what do you call? It? Uh, dang it, is it parentheses or whatever? Yep. Uh huh. But uh. I remember songs like that when I was a kid and seeing them on the charts. I used to get Rolling Stone magazine when I was a kid and I'd see the charts and some of the <clears throat> song names, how they were, but uh, it's called You're Still and in My Hometown because I was initially going to call it My Hometown uh-huh. and then I realized there's several My Hometown songs, so I need to do something to set it apart from those and uh, that's what I did. You know, I went with You're Still My Hometown and... Basically saying, you know, here I may go on the road and I may go stay other places, you know, where I live. I act as well. And a lot of filming is going down on the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. So I live about three hours north. So I'll go down and stay at the coast for a month, two months at a time, sometimes, you know, just depending on what I got going on. So uh, regardless of where I go and how long I'm there, you're still in my hometown kind of thing. But uh, the song in itself, it wasn't just a song. It was a whole strategy to get uh, footing in my home state and home base, you know. Uh, And I told myself, I said, if I can't get my hometown behind this song, I probably better pack it up and move to Nashville and try something else, you know. Uh, But I feel like this will be a good jump start for Pistol Black. And it turned out being much better than I imagined it would be. I figured it would hit with a certain crowd. It hit. It hit from say kindergarten to uh, nursing home, bro. I yeah. mean, you know, it. Everybody loved it. 
young kids, old people, everybody. You know, I just got so many people hitting me up all the time. So I'm like, we jam your song all day. Snapchats from kids riding around jamming a song. Like uh, we 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 were shooting a music video, right? Truck full of kids. I mean, it had to have been twelve in the back, and the and the cab was full of like another five. They come by while we're filming the music video, jamming the song, you know. So we done made them turn around, like come back, come be in the video, yeah. you know. That's got to make and you feel so, good. It's so relatable though, too, because there's so many like lines in there. Like every the the one thing that I always remember is the Chevy truck. You know, like it's just like you know the. That was me. Which like is I, the one thing in there that is a lie. <laughs> it's, okay. I picked out the only lie. <laughs> you picked out the only lie, dude. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, I'd never had a Silverado, but my buddy did. And that's what we rode around in. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I didn't get a car till I was like 23. My mom gave me this old hand-me-down Corsica she got from her aunt. And I rode the wheels off of it, buddy. Believe that. It's still a Chevy, but, I guess. Uh, that it, right, it was. <laughs> but I didn't get a senior year. It was many years later. Yeah. It, yeah. But you know, that was one of those things that kind of fell in the rhyme scheme and everything. So yeah. I was like, you know. Uh, but I had a buddy, we were doing a show, and uh, I was talking about how sometimes you'll embellish on a lyric or something to kind of just to find a rhyme or whatever. And my buddy Brock Bailey, who's with a blues band down here called the Bailey brothers. He like popped his head in the room. He was like, yeah, like that Silverado. Yeah. (laughs) I used to ride around with him all the time. I played drums for them. They'd have to come pick me up in their little Toyota Tercel. Yeah. I'm having to put my whole drum set in this little Tercel. And then us three ride back to Brandon or Pearl, you know, 30 minutes from where I live. It was fun times, man. That sounds a, that sounds a little packed. <laughs> <laughs> Very packed. Very packed. We made it work, though, man. Yeah. So, what do you do? So, is music and and you said you acted a little bit. Is that like your the things that you do full time, or do you have like a job? Because I know a lot of people have to do stuff in between. You know, do you have jobs in yes. between or? Yes, uh, I'm a music producer as well, songwriter. So, you know, uh, around here. I'm producing several artists or writing songs for people. Like some, sometimes somebody will just hit me up and be like, look, such and such has this much of a song or I got this much of a song. Can, uh, can you finish it out for me and make it better? Whatever. I give them my rate. If they, if they job with that, you know, we get to work. I'm working on one now for somebody who I've been working on for about a year now. I need to wrap up and get to them, but like I said, it's just one of those things, you know. Uh, I'm in the rec- I'm in the studio producing a rock band, and they're on they're on TikTok called Red Light Vendetta, and it's just one guy really, but it's it's me taking his songs and putting my touch on them, or some songs I just outright write for him, you know. Like he'll he'll come up with a little piece of a guitar, and he's like, "Let's do something with this." Like I said, lyrics they kind of fall out, boom, and we don't got songs there that I'm kind. I'm like, man, I don't even want to give that song away. Right, I love you want to use song it? Now. It's my little baby, and I got to give it away, you know. But it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Red Light Vendetta is the name of that, and uh, that's what I, that's what I that's my main source of income is producing, producing. working in. The studio. 
stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, it's great because you're around it all the time, right? So you can get that inspiration. Time. You can just hop in there and do what you need to do. Yes, that's it. You know, and I, I enjoy that. So what I do, I don't own my own studio. I got a buddy that lives uh, in a town next to us. It's called Brewdog Studios. His name is Vince Johnson, and he lets me come in there. He gets the engineering. He still gets his time paid for, and I get my money up front from I tell him, here's the engineering fee. That's who we work with. And it's always, you know, we've been doing that for years now, and uh, I'm blessed for it, you know, because if, if he wouldn't let me do that, I wouldn't have nowhere to go, you know. So. Yeah. Well, you'd find. I feel like you seem I'd, like a I'd type of guy. I've been working at Dollar General or something. Nah, you know? I don't know. I think you'd find a way. I think I'd you'd find a way. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, man, it's been awesome having you on. What? What's? Where's the? Where's the future? What's next? Is Is Pistol Black going to so, take off and have full album, or what are we doing? Oh, I, I I would love to. I just feel like right now, the way I put. I noticed Hardy, you know, Hardy's done dropped like five, six singles, but they're really all leading up to this album. So mm-hmm. I may do that. I may just drop a bunch of singles that are all going to ultimately be a piece of this album that comes full circle, you know, with the next six songs or so. I'm not sure. Uh, but right now the, the goal is to drop this music video that we've been filming and we're almost done. I got to get some drone shots of town and everything and then get it edited down. And then uh, from there, I've got several songs in the chamber ready to drop, you know, just just kind of waiting, you know. I'm going to get this video out and let it do its thing and then uh, drop the next one. That seems to be the way that it's going, I've noticed, like with independent artists mostly, like they, they are. They can, because you can do it, because you can get the play on one single, because really that's the one that, that everyone, you know, will play over and over that- again. So you get it out there and then you just, you know. Drop another one. Drop another one. That's it. That's it. And it's cheaper to, you know, cause, I mean, it takes some money to go in there and put out a full album, like right on, bam, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's cheaper to go edit a song by song basis, I find, you know? So for independent artists at my level in the game, it definitely works better, you know, just single here, single there. And then, like I said, after you've dropped about six singles, Go on and drop the rest of them and call it a record. You know? Yeah. And then the people that that uh, have had the singles, you know, they've already got half the record. So it'll compel them to go ahead and buy the rest of it, you know, because you can get it cheaper. You already got half of it kind of thing. So yep. I hope it works. So. It'll work. I know it will. I mean, it's this this song is a great one. I love it. I mean, Thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. I put it that thing on my, in my truck and I'm listening to it because I drive around all day and I think I've probably played it seven times before I switch. So it's, you know, cool, cool. it's, it's a good you. one, man. And where do you listen to music? Uh, well, I typically, because I have an iPhone, so typically on Apple Music. That's kind of the, I know Spotify I, is a little bit bigger for, for artists, um, but. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is. They say uh, the pay is better on the. Uh, I think the pay is better with Spotify than it is Apple Music. I could be wrong though. It may be the other way around. It's but hard though because you can't get like this podcast is on Apple Podcast and that's the best place yeah. for podcasts. But yeah. you can't share it with someone who's got an Android. They have to go somewhere else and listen to it. So like Spotify, you can listen to it on an iPhone. So where I- do they go if they're on Android? 
Uh, well, you so you can listen. It's on. It's everywhere. So I have it on Spotify too. So like, it's listed on Spotify. Oh, okay. It's listed on Apple Podcast. It's listed on. Okay, I got you. iHeartRadio. They're they're they basically disperse it everywhere, but it doesn't. You know, like you have to kind of find a place where people want to do it. So I've been doing a lot of YouTube now. YouTube's kind of the way that you can just say, "Hey, anyone can go watch it on YouTube." You know. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. Yep. I like. It. Well, I appreciate you letting me be a part of it, man. This yeah. is cool. I see this picking up for you as well. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we can come back around and do this again. Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, I got a circle. When we end, I got a question for you. So hang tight. Okay. But um, I got one more question for you for the podcast. If if you had to give some advice to someone who was doing what you were doing, you know, say, think about where you were like 10 years ago or when you started, what would be one thing of advice you'd give them? Don't stop. Never quit. Never give up. You know, failure is your friend. Failure lets you know what not to do again and what to do better next time and all that. And if you keep listening to the failure and taking that L and turning it into a learning experience instead of just a loss, then you're going to turn out fine. You know, everybody's rate of success is different. You know, some people are overnight and some people take 20 years, whatever. Just don't stop. 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. I love it. I think that that's, I think that that is the a key to a lot of things is figuring out that failure is not a red light. It's a green light. No, it's a green light, man. Definitely. A big one. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you hanging out with me. Um, thanks again for taking the time out of your day to do it. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All righty. Well, everyone, that is the end of the show. Really good conversation with Pistol Black. Check out his music. It's everywhere. There's a great song out right now. It talks about the Silverado. So go check it out. Until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success. 